0: If you've spent the last six weeks, six months, or six years letting your feelings guide your recovery, and you're wondering why things aren't getting any better, this episode is for you. Hi, I'm Kim Pullen, and welcome to the Hope for Spouses Lunchtime Live. And if this is your first time joining us, welcome. We're so glad you're here. We're sorry we have to meet under these circumstances. I would much rather us be sitting down to have some nachos and salsa at Chili's, but... Unfortunately, if you're here, it's probably because you are suffering in the wake of your spouse's adultery or addiction to porn. And so I do want to give you a warm welcome and thank you for coming. And there is hope and healing here at Hope for Spouses. And the reason I started Hope for Spouses is because my husband and I went through something very similar. Uh, We were separated for four years due to his serial adultery. And during that four-year period, uh, I really focused on myself and getting myself healing, really uh, connecting with God like I never had done before, even though I had been a Christian for over 30 years and knew my Bible very well. Uh, I really never saw the depth of how I had really put my husband on the throne of my life and really sought my identity and value from him. And so I had to really go back and really, really reevaluate our relationship with God and, and really grow it to a point of intimacy where uh, I could say to my husband, it doesn't matter whether you and I get back together or not. The only thing that matters is that you and God are right. Because I realized my husband and our separation and his adultery um, really had nothing to do with sex. It had to do with his broken relationship with God. And so once I got that on straight, I could share that with him. He said that was a real catalyst for him to start down his road to recovery. And here we are. We've been back together almost four years, and we have an amazing relationship. We're getting ready to embark on a new adventure to North Carolina uh, with our goal of starting a retreat center. Uh, One day, we're going to have a Hope for Spouses weekend, and hopefully you'll be able to join us. But so I started Hope for Spouses because I really wanted to give women of faith hope That yes, there is a possibility for you and your spouse to be reunited. But you know what? Even if your spouse chooses not to change, you can still be healed. You can still uh, find that deep intimacy uh, and relationship with God that you never you didn't even know that you're missing and that you can really have a life well lived. So that when you stand before God, he can say, well done, good and faithful servant. And I really want that for you. And that's why I started Hope for Spouses. So today we're going to dive in and we're going to talk about this thing called feelings. And women are very familiar with feelings. A lot of it's because of our hormones. You know, I'm just postmenopausal. So there's all kinds of feelings that go along with that as well. But um, when my husband uh, and I were married, one of the things that I really noticed was that um, I was a slave to my feelings and, and getting caught up in them and letting them really guide a lot of things, the choices that I made, the decisions that I made. Um, I was a very weepy individual. I didn't know how to rein in my emotions. They, in a sense, I almost felt like, you know, I had a hook around my nose and my feelings were leading me everywhere. And um pretty much, I was very unstable. Um, sometimes I was handled with kid gloves by uh, people who loved me and knew me. And I always kind of felt guilty about that because I didn't really know how to be different. And I thought that if I had a feeling that that was from God, I was supposed to follow it, you know, that, you know, God's making me feel this way. So um, I really should be doing this, right? Um, and, and so I would be let off in all kinds of different directions based on my feelings. And, and the problem I realized was that I didn't recognize Jesus's voice. He, he talks about that in John 10, that we are learn, learn, have to learn to discern Jesus's voice from the enemy's voice. And, and that really comes from our knowing the scriptures really well. So I never really accounted for that. I never accounted for the fact that my hormones could be all over the place, stress, uh, temptations, personal temptations, and really that I had some core wounds from childhood that led me to feel and think certain things that weren't necessarily in the scriptures. So I had to really learn that um, I couldn't use the scriptures. um, I'm sorry, I couldn't use my feelings as a guide. Okay. They weren't a guide for what I was going to do, but rather they were a gauge for what was really going on in my heart. And we're going to talk about that in detail. Okay. One of the things I think is really important to do, and I think uh, anytime you talk about something like this, it's important to really define exactly what we're talking about when we say feelings um, and, and, and feelings are really defined differently in cultures and how cultures view feelings. Uh, there's some cultures that are all about emotion and there's some cultures that are much more stoic and that you, you, you know, you keep your emotions in, you keep your emotions to yourself. So every culture is a little bit different. And in uh, a lot of my audience is in the, is in the Western culture. And, and so oftentimes in a Western culture, in the modern Western culture, that feelings can be uh, understood and defined as truth. Uh, it's, it's, it's such a huge part of our culture that, that we embrace it. I mean, you just, I'm going to give you some examples. Think about this. So in the movies, okay, one of the most famous movies, you know, series of movies for a long period of time is the Star Wars series. And what's the central focus of the Star Wars is, is feelings, Luke, reach out with your feelings, you know, find the force. And and somehow connecting, I think we do it unconsciously. I don't think, you know, George Lucas meant for us to interpret this way, but but how that we can really uh, think because we feel a certain way, the force is leading us and guiding us. That must be God that he's using our feelings to do things. But that's not what the scriptures teach. OK, in advertising. OK, you've heard a lot of these advertisements. Nike, just do it. OK, just be impulsive. Just do it. Um, L'Oreal, because you're worth it. You know, you are wonderful. You're with it. So allow your feelings to go that way. Go ahead and buy all these things that you want. You know, uh, you're worth it. Visa. OK, it's everywhere you want to be. That's all about your feelings, what you want, where your emotions guide you. And then, of course, McDonald's, I'm loving it <laughs> or I'm loving it. Is their thing. So you have all of these, this advertising that goes on all the time. I mean, even our our merch, okay, our merchants merchandise, our iPhones, iPhone, iPod. It's about me. It's about I. Uh, We just came on uh, change our cell phone service because we're moving to North Carolina, and even just to go onto the website to find out what my account information is, it's my Verizon. Okay. Our whole culture is focused around me and what I want. Is it any wonder why we use our feelings as our standard? So the first thing comes, we have to be aware of this fact that we are constantly bombarded with use your feelings, use your feelings, use your feelings, uh, that your feelings are truth. And, and it's not biblical, <laughs> it's not what the scriptures teach. Okay. In fact, our culture, contradicts our Christ. Okay. If we call ourselves Christians, we got to look at what Jesus says about our feelings. You know, Jesus himself lived a life of self-denial and he calls anyone who were to follow him to do that. So we're going to look at uh, this first passage and this is Luke nine. Okay. This is Jesus said, if anyone who ever wants to, uh, to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Now it's the must. It's a it's a priority. It's an absolute. Okay. There's no in between. There's no kind of sortas. We have to learn to live a life of self denial. Now that doesn't mean that you know we become this martyr and whipping ourselves and become a slave to everybody around us. Okay. But he's talking about denying our basic nature that wants everything around us. Okay. That wants to please ourselves all the time. Jesus learned how to deny himself and we have to do the same thing. Okay, I'm going to give you a great example and this is um, why it's so important that we really make sure we're diving deep into the scriptures because if we don't understand this, we're going to misinterpret what the scriptures teach. So we're going to look here. I'm going to bring this up. So we're talking about the word love, okay? Uh, That we have this one word to encompass all things. So in English, OK, we have the word uh, love and it can mean I love chocolate. I love my husband. I love God. You know, it could be it can expand so many different areas. OK, but when we're talking about in the Greek. OK, so in the Greek, there are three different words for love. OK, so we have agape, which is unconditional godly love okay we have phileo which is brotherly love and we have eros which is sexual love okay so we have all these these three different types of love and yet when when the scriptures are interpreted all right we only see them as one word we see it as love But yet there's three different ways that the Greeks, which is the New Testament was written in Greek, the majority of it. And so we have to make sure we're understanding, well, which love are they talking about in the scriptures? And see, that's why it's really, you know, we can think, well, you know, to love something or love, we're guided by our emotions, but what kind of love are they talking about? So this is why it's so important that we really understand and we read the scriptures in context to understand you know, where are my feelings supposed to guide me? What am I supposed to do with these things? So and, and give you another example how, you know, we can go into a grocery store. And I mean, I have an autistic son who freaks out. So uh, I'm used to that. But, you know, we can walk into a store and we can see children freaking out because their parents aren't buying them a candy bar as they're walking through the line to get out of the store. And and we understand the child's having a temper tantrum that the child hasn't matured enough to learn how to establish personal boundaries what they need what they don't need and really pretty much it's up to the parents to teach the children that okay but all of us have been there at one time or another and if you look here in Ephesians 2 okay it says all of us lived among the disobedient at one time gratifying our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts so all of us before we knew God that's what we were. We were like that child in the store who didn't have healthy boundaries. Okay. We just let everything in, whatever was out there. We wanted it. We wanted it now. We wanted to embrace it. And you see people live that way all the time today. They don't really have a sense of boundaries. They don't know what their guides are. They are led by their emotions in everything and their life is out of control. Okay. Okay. So um, when all we do is follow our feelings without listening to our spiritual parent to God, because he is our father, he is the one like the parent with the child in the grocery store, we can be throwing a temperature and we want these, we want this, and God's going, okay, if you want that, there are consequences to those actions. So we don't want to be like those children. We don't want to be like a child that has no boundaries. Okay. So God's word sets healthy boundaries on our life, um, and we can um, we can do that through discerning when our feelings should be followed, or when we need to rein them in. All right. Also. We can be confused because we can be thinking, okay, I have these feelings. So the spirit is leading me to this. The spirit is walking me or guiding me through this. But, you know, we don't really know if that is the spirit or it's something else, whether it's just ourselves. It's like I said in John 10, Jesus said discerning which is Jesus's voice and which is the enemy's voice. And he talks about this in Romans um uh 122 how we can really test to know if what god's will is it says don't conform to the pattern of this world that's them following their feelings but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so your mind over your feelings then you will be able to test and approve what god's will is his good pleasing and perfect will all right. So we can test to know if our feelings really are from God or not. And that's by using the scriptures as a filter. We're going to get we're going to dive deeply into that in just a second. All right. So what this brings us to is we have to ask ourselves, so our feelings, um, you know, are they our enemy or are they our ally? You know, are they friend or foe? And really, friends aren't or I'm sorry, uh, emotions our feelings are not right or wrong. I mean, they're like money. They're, money is 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 neutral. Okay. It's amoral. Feelings are neutral. The key is is what do we do with them? That's really the key. Because feelings aren't bad unless they we let them guide us away from the truth and into sin. So we have to be wise about that. We don't have to be slaves. Okay. To our feelings. I know personally, I felt that way for many, many, many years. I felt like I was a slave to my emotions because I didn't understand. I could tell myself, no, you know, it, it, it was me understanding that there was something going on inside of me. The feelings were uncovering something, but it didn't mean I had to follow them. Okay. Um, in John eight, Jesus said, uh, let me bring it over here. So he says to the Jews who had believed him. So these were religious people who believed in Jesus. He said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth about Jesus and it will set you free. He, they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone, which was a lie because they had spent over 400 years in slavery in Egypt and they had spent many hundreds of years in slavery in Babylon. So yes, they had been slaves. So how can you say we will be set free? And Jesus said, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. And see, when we allow our feelings to lead us into sin, then we become a slave to those feelings and they become our God. We are led around by the nose by our feelings. So our feelings can do, like I said, they're they're neutral. You know, they're not they're not right or they're not wrong. Okay, but our feelings can lead us to uh, love and showing compassion for others or they can lead us to desiring self gratification and hurting people. Okay. They can, our our feelings can lead us into anger to protect an innocent or they can lead us into anger uh, about uh, being caught in our sin and, and our shame and wanting to hide. Okay. So when you may have had a spouse who reacted in anger because some of their sin was exposed. Those are their feelings. There's there's a barometer. There's something going on there. Okay, so our feelings can guide us towards selfishness or they can guide us towards selflessness. But we make that choice based on what the scriptures teach. Okay, so feelings really when it comes down to it, feelings are simply a barometer of what is going on inside us after betrayal. And we have, oh my goodness, when we go through betrayal of our spouse, we go through a myriad of feelings, so many different feelings that we don't know what to do with them. And that's where the danger really comes in. We can look at this feeling wheel and you can see, I mean, there's like over a hundred feelings here. Okay. That we all these different feelings we can feel, what do we do with those? Okay. Um, and we can trace them back to what the center roof it is. But what happens is, is we have to be really careful that we don't idolize those feelings um, because we end up focusing on, um, the feelings instead of what God really wants us to do. Okay. So did I show you this feeling? Let me bring this up. Look at this feeling wheel. This is so cool. Okay. So, you know, you see all the ones in the center, but you see all those feelings on the external, um, that we can feel compassion. We can feel euphoric. We can feel touched, powerless, depressed, uh, exasperated, you know, all these different feelings and how do we discern them? How do we work through them? Uh, the scriptures really help us to do that, but we can't, we have to be careful. We don't idolize them because what, what that will tend us to, to do is we start making snap decisions. We become impulsive. Um, we lack self-control, which is a gift of the spirit. He talks about that in Galatians five twenty three. So we don't want to go in that direction. We want to go in the opposite direction, which is toward Jesus and the scripture. So let's look in James chapter one, verse 19 through 20. It says everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to become angry for man's anger does not bring about the righteous life God desires. Okay. So quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. All right. So we have to rein in our emotions because they otherwise they're not going to lead us to be obedient to God. In Jeremiah seventeen nine, he says the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? OK, so you know, we think we have to be guided by our, by our feelings, but yet the scriptures specifically say the heart is deceitful. Your, your feelings will lie to you. So we have to really know what the scriptures teach in order for us to discern what is best. I love this saying. There's an organization called Desiring God. And I love what they said here, that feelings are a gauge and not our guide. They reveal what our heart loves, trusts and fears. All right. So the Psalms are a perfect example of this. Okay. so the Psalms uh, are all about raw emotion. They're all about intimacy and connecting with God, you know, bringing our emotions before God. And if you've read through them, you'll see sometimes you read it and you go, this contradicts something that's in the New Testament, what Jesus said. And that's because the Psalms, so much of the Psalms are written by men as a way to express how they feel to God. You know, they were they were frightened. They were angry. They were indignant. They were they were terrified that they were being chased by their enemy okay they were ashamed of their sin and so they bring these emotions before god and that's what the psalms are their prayers their songs of hearts being vulnerable and real before god it doesn't mean they said things perfectly or we should follow you know what they said in that passage that's why we have to understand those passages in context they are gut level honest I'm going to give you an example. Um, I remember reading in Psalm 137, 9, where it says uh, th- this was the Israelites had been taken into slavery in Babylon. And so they were basically they wanted God to make things right. That here this enemy was had killed a lot of their own people and were having them in slavery. And they were like, blessed is he who beats the heads of their of the enemy's babies against the rocks. Really? Blessed is he who beats the. The heads of our enemies' babies against the rocks. Okay, that is nowhere in scripture that does that acknowledge as right and good. Okay. (laughs) uh, sermon on the Mount, you know, love your enemies. So you hear it, They're just expressing emotion. It doesn't mean we need to be doing that to people who are quote unquote, our enemies. All right. It's expressing emotion. So we have to make sure we're reading scriptures in context, understanding the purpose of the passage. Okay. And this leads us to our next point, which is using God's word contextually in scripture. All right. So that means we're not just reading one verse to validate what our feelings are. And you probably get this happen with with people who in the noblest of intentions who use the scriptures to try to guide you away from very specific ways that you are healing is though you use passages like first corinthians 7 that you should you can't separate from your husband you know that's ungodly um they'll use passages that say you can't you know divorce your husband just because they said you have to forgive them unconditionally you have to live with them even if they haven't repented okay they take one scripture and they pull it out of context. We have to look at the Bible as a whole and look at all of what God is communicating to us. So it's super important we understand the scriptures in context and read multiple passages and what is God trying to help us to discern and see. So we have to use the scriptures as a filter. All right. And one of the things I really found, and this is going to be kind of hard to grasp, but it was for me. Uh, I didn't want to believe this, but it really came down to being true. When we are following our feelings, and I'm talking about the spouses of sexual addicts or those who are you know either watching porn or they're repeatedly committing adultery, when we are following feelings, okay, without filtering them through the Word of God, the scriptures, that we can be just as addicted, And destructive okay our feelings can be just as addictive and destructive as the porn or infidelity that our spouse is engaging in okay because it's a lack of self-control our spouse is diving into their sin and they're doing that to medicate their feelings from core wounds from childhood whatever when we are obsessing and we are just using our feelings as our guide we are letting fear guide us okay fear of uh, more pain fear of being lied to, fear of being abandoned, fear of being uh, rejected, fear of being humiliated and made to look like a fool. So we are giving into our feelings instead of going back to God's word. God knows what's going on. He knows what it feels like to be abandoned and rejected. And he wants us to come to him so we can learn to master our feelings and really be guided by what he is trying to teach us. If you call yourself a Christian, a disciple, a believer, a believer, then you have to let the scriptures be your standard. I want to give you a visual example of exactly what I'm talking about here. Okay. So this is a graphic and I want you to see what I'm talking about. So here we have the Bible. That's the filter. And we have these different emotions. Okay. So we have sadness, anger, shame, fear, fear, desire, love. We filter those through. We can really discern, okay, am I filthy you know, do, Is there a thumbs up with my feelings or is some thumbs down? I have to get control of these things. And the scriptures really back this up. So he says in um, 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 and 17, he says, all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped, for every good work. Okay, teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. That pretty much covers everything, that the Bible does all of that for us. And then he says in James uh, 1, he says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. That's James 1 22 through25. So this is Paul talking that that we, you know again, reiterating that we're using God's word as our standard. We're using God's the scriptures to really discern, should we be, oh, I'm sorry, Um, Should we be um, feeling the way that we're feeling or should we, you know, uh, what does God say about those feelings? How do we reign them? Are they selfish? Are they selfless? You know, what's how how do we even even interpret them? Okay, so we have to use the scriptures to really be, be doing that. But Jesus was also a great example of this. Okay, in the garden before he was going to the cross. Okay, he said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here. He was talking to his disciples and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. OK, not as I will, but as you will. That's Matthew 26, 38 through 39. And then in Luke, again, he led by example. He says, and we, we said I shared this earlier, he says when, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up his cross daily and follow me. So Jesus, he was going to his death. And he did not want to go. His sorrow was overwhelming, okay? Suicidal, you might even want to say, okay? That he was overwhelmed to death. He did not want to die. And yet he said, not what I will, God, but what you will. He was lining up his feelings with God's will. Now, if we call ourselves disciples of Jesus, believers, Christians, whatever term you use, then we have to follow Jesus as example. We have to line our feelings up Okay. And I don't think most of us are, you know, our life is being threatened to the point where we are, you know, choosing to, um, you know, over death, (laughs) following God or death. Now, now you could be in that situation, but when it comes to, you know, in your marriage, um, you know, choosing whether you're going to give into your feelings or be obedient to God, uh, death is not on the line for most of us. Okay. Um, It's more fear or what our spouse is doing or whatever. So, if Jesus could do that up to his death, how much more do we need to do that? All right. Uh, and Jesus said we need to deny ourselves. And he was a perfect example of doing just that. Okay. So, uh, not just supposed to, we're not just supposed to um, love God with our feelings as well, but, but God gives us a, a huge toolbox of access that we have inside of our hearts. He talks about this in Mark chapter 12. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength, okay? So God didn't just give us emotions. He didn't just give us heart. He gave us minds, okay? He gave us minds to use, to think, to rationalize. He gave us free will. He gave us choice to choose whether we're going to obey him or not. So we can choose to follow our feelings, or we can choose to follow what he wants us to do. It's really up to us. And We also, with the choice, comes consequences. Okay, so if we choose to follow our feelings and that leads us into sin, there are consequences. If we choose to um, submit our feelings to God's will, then there are positive consequences to that. Okay, so there are rewards that are reaped, and we looked at that in in Romans chapter twelve. A little early I'm gonna want I want to show that again. It says do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to attest and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So it's our responsibility, okay, it's our responsibility to take our take our feelings and lining them up to God's word. Okay. Uh, compare them to what the scriptures are teaching so we can know if this is really what God wants for us. And um, our feelings that I'm having right now, are they beneficial to serving God? Um, Are they meeting the needs of others? Um, are they helping me to be healthy when we get obsessive over our spouse's sin? You know, we're we're tracking them down. We're on our you know GPS and oh, they're somewhere they're not supposed to be. You know, we're checking all their credit card information and we already know that they've sinned. We've already know they're, they're that they have been unfaithful to us or they're into porn. But it's like it's like we become obsessed and our feelings, our fear just drive us. OK, is that really helping us? Is it benefiting us at all in getting closer to God? No, but we're being, we're being led around by the nose. Okay. By our feelings. And so we have to really ask ourselves, are, our are, are our feelings motivated by fear, uh, by doubt, by anger or bitterness? Are they really motivated for us to get well and get healthy and get closer to God? Okay. So question now, how do you, you personally, I want you to ask yourself, how do you navigate the storm of your emotions? What do you do? Uh, how do you use the scriptures to get out of the insanity loop? If you're doing the same thing over and over again in your marriage with your own heart, if you're doing the same thing, expecting different results and seeing things don't seem to be getting better and you wonder why. Okay. Um, if you have no idea how to filter your feelings in the midst of your spouse's sexual sin um, and you don't know what's going to happen, what if they choose to get help and, and how do you feel about their repentance and You know, how do you deal with them saying that they're sorry, but yet sometimes they fall? How do you deal with those feelings? You know, how do you deal with a spouse that's completely unrepentant? What do you deal with that? You've got to have a biblical strategy in order to get healthy and well. And I can help you with that. um, If you really want to, if you're determined, if you're sick and tired of being on that insanity loop, and being led around by the nose, by your feelings, and you're ready to get healthy with the scriptures. Then I want you to schedule a call with me. Okay. And I'll put that up now. So it's hope slash call. It's a free call. We'll get on the, on the phone for about 45 minutes and we'll pull out the Bible and we'll talk about your life and we'll really help you to get your feelings, your will in alignment with God's. Okay. So uh, I will see you next week. If you have any questions, go ahead and post them. You're welcome to post them, whether you're watching this on Facebook or you're watching this on the YouTube channel. Go ahead and post questions that you have and I would be more than happy to answer them. All right, have a great Wednesday and we'll see you next week.